Hello, good morning. How's everyone doing? Awesome. As Victoria was talking about, uh, you know, kids being born and what a blessing of joy to their mothers, I thought about myself and thought, man, if I had been that. <laughs> I don't know if I was always that for my mother. Maybe the, uh, the thorn in her side or the foot under her foot making her trip or the one that left Legos on the floor so that she could have a bloody foot later. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I'm, I'm so happy to be celebrating here Mother's Day with you, and we're going to have a time after the message, actually, I'm going to invite up some of my friends and brothers to, uh, to, to bless you with some prayer and some words of encouragement. Um, I encourage the guys, if you got the email, some of you did. I mean, Ben's looking super sharp today. Pete Popeil said he tied a tie for the first time and for like ages. Uh, I told him, dress up nice. We're celebrating moms today. And so thank you guys for, for doing that. Um, it's, it is a blessing and an, uh, an opportunity for us to honor uh, people who have uh, done so much so that we can be in a position to honor them today. Yeah? So... We've talked about a lot of stuff in the last uh, few weeks, a lot of, um, the Sermon on the Mount's got a lot of like healthy and heavy things for us to practice, things that can be challenging, ways that it challenges us, move that so I don't trip, um, ways that it challenges us to pursue God wholly and to not be hypocrites. And I was thinking about this a lot, and I've had a couple of conversations that made me think about it even more. Um, one of those conversations I shared in a, a message a few weeks ago, a conversation with a, a, a co-worker um, at uh, my, my job in Canton over at Gamer Craze, who had talked about, you know, I would be drawn to Christianity if Christians were any different. Right, um, and that was a heavy uh, conviction um, for me, and I think for all of us. But what I got to thinking about more and more and more is we know a lot of stuff. I think most of the people in this room know an awful lot of stuff. You know, um, many weeks when I'm presenting stuff, it's not new information. It's things we've known for a long time, maybe. Not for all of us, but for many. Um, and so I said, huh, I wonder what it is that is, is causing that struggle. And after a few conversations, it became clear that sometimes we take the information that we receive and we turn it into a heavy weight, a heavy responsibility. And with that heaviness, gets to be this like very somber, very like, got to do this thing. I, I got to glorify God today. I, I, I. Um, and I think with that, we're missing something really important. Um, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What I want you to ask yourselves today is, does it feel that way? Are you feeling that way? And if you're not, I would love to talk with you. I'm available. I know I'm sure Jim's available, and, and, but, but I would love to talk to you and encourage you, hopefully, 
This is something that I'm really passionate about and digging into more and more is we, we understand fundamentally what grace is, but I don't know that we really get it. I don't know that we're able to walk with it and in the freedom that that brings. Everything else will be added unto us when we can walk in that. Um, and when you're walking lightly, when the burden is light, there's going to be some things that God can bless you with, ways that you can radiate his joy and goodness and loving kindness, and that will be easy because it'll come out of a life that is light. Is your life light? I just wanted to remind you about that because we're going to talk. I love encouraging and I love challenges. You'll rarely hear me up here not giving a challenge because it's just what I love to do. Um, but in that, I want to just—I wanted to take this time to remind you that with the challenges, it's not an opportunity for you to start flogging yourself <laughs> or thinking, "Here's one more way I just stink as a person. I guess I should just resign to bed for the rest of my life." Um, <laughs> God will use me better from there. <laughs> uh, no, that's not the point. And I will. I will continue to challenge and encourage. But if you're feeling heavy, if it feels heavy, I want to talk to you. And I want to encourage you. And I want to see it feel light. Amen? Amen. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, 16 through 18. As I was prepping this, I thought, how, I mean, as I'm getting up here, could I be any more of a hypocrite? I'm going to talk about fasting today. This is a practice that I have almost never practiced. I was feeling very unequipped. So then I talked to some good friends that I was like, surely these good friends have been fasting every week for their whole lives. And those good friends were like, I don't remember the last time I fasted. You're just talking to the wrong person. Hey, can you give me some advice? I want some advice on, on fasting and what that looks like and, 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 and what are the benefits? How does it make you feel? And they're like, well, don't ask me. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. Is there a reason for that? It, it makes me think about a lot of things. What are, what are the reasons behind it? And why does Jesus seem to obviously encourage us in that direction. So let's look at the text today, Matthew 6, 16 through 18. You with me, Andrew? You can, there it is. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, that they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. Let's pray. God, I just pray that you would be speaking to us today. Lord, you would be speaking to me today. 
God, that you would be teaching me, continuing to teach me ways that I can learn and grow and walk lightly, but in truth and in obedience to you. Bless this time as we're here fellowshipping together, as we learn from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was saying, uh, this isn't something that I have regularly fasted, or if I have done it, it's not for spiritual reasons. There were spiritual side effects because I tried to double dip and was like, I'm going to fast, do t- uh, uh, intermittent fasting for my health. I haven't been able to get out and exercise as much as I would like, so I'm like, I'll intermittent fast for my health. And then I was like, as long as I'm doing that, if I'm feeling hungry, I'm going to pray. Um, but the intention was not uh, spiritual in base. It was uh, health in base. And maybe those things are connected in some way. That's a discussion for a different day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so not something I'd regularly practiced, not something others had regularly practiced that I'd spoken to. So the questions this brings to my mind is, why is this not practiced? We pray, we give. Those are the two things that were mentioned before this. Um, but, we, but we rarely, if, if some of us may never, uh, fast. Um, so, so why is it not practiced? So that's the question one that I have. And the second question is, what are the benefits? Why, what do I, what is the, what is the intention, the purpose, the gain that I will get from fasting in my life? Are those the same now as they were then? Maybe they're different. Maybe there's a different way we can approach it, not taking away from the biblical merit of fasting, but we live in a culture of plenty. Rarely are we concerned about our daily bread, right? So, how can fasting maybe help us in that type of situation? This was not the situation then. Bread would have been your primary concern. Eating would have been the, the task of the day. Can I get food for me and for my family? Not so today in our culture. So let's look first at what fasting is. I think a good general definition of Christian fasting could be put something like this. A temporary, um, I can't even read this word I wrote. Oh, renunciation, good. A temporary renunciation of something good in order to intensify our need of something greater. So a temporary renunciation of something good in order to intensify our need of something greater. And then thinking about that and how that applies today. Now fasting, as far as I can tell, and in the commentaries I looked at and read, uh, there seems to be Uh, uh, kind of a uniform voice, and fasting is not a command, but there are indications that this was 
to be a normal practice, even from the mouth of Jesus. So let's see what Jesus says. From the text we said, uh, looked at today, Jesus says, and uh, let's get the text up there. Oh, not that text, a different text. Yeah, and what's it say? When you fast, and let's go a little bit further down into 17, it says, but when you fast, aha, hmm, interesting. So there, there is some expectation that it's something that will happen. Um, in that culture, it was happening regularly. Um, some of that was re- certainly religiosity, um, but... Uh, Jesus is, is certainly stating that it's something that, uh, that will happen. Let's look at Matthew 9, 14 through 17. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And then they, what word? They will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on a new garment, for, a pa- for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skin bursts, and the wine is spilled, and the skin is destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. Jesus is pointing out that while he is with them, they won't, they're not fasting. In fact, I would say they're feasting. They're learning, for the bridegroom is with them. There's uh, joy in, in, in learning and being with God. But he also says that when he departs, that they will fast. And we have some evidence of that, which we'll look at in a minute. But what I thought was particularly interesting from this text is that Christian fasting is an expression of our longing for the bridegroom to return. Right? Christian fasting is this like expression of longing for the bridegroom to return. And this is unique to other fasting with other religions and, 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 uh, and other reasons for fasting. There's this longing for something to come. But in an expectance of a God who has come, has paid a price for our salvation and who resides in us today, that paired with this longing for the bridegroom's return is part of the new wine that Jesus is talking about. Does that make sense? So why would we practice fasting today? Why would we practice this discipline today? What are some tangible 
reasons that we would practice this today. In Acts 13, 1 through 3, it says this. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, I don't know, tried, uh, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, who would be Paul, um, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. They were seeking divine guidance on what to do at this interpass. And the Holy Spirit, God, clearly spoke into them and set apart Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul then went out to do the greatest mission work maybe in human history, changing the course of the church in the West for all time by bringing the gospel to the unreached. That's powerful. I think about the impact that that had and then thinking about where that began. It began with fasting and worshiping. And even then, before they were sent, it was fasting and praying. That seems to suggest that there's a place for us in our lives today to fast in order to be divinely inspired and encouraged so that we can go out in the mission that God has called us to, or that we can do it with a group and we can send out those that God is calling to do what he's calling them to do. We live in a society that's so, so busy. Phones, plenty of food, plenty of sugar. You want ice cream? You can get it anywhere. It's great. <laughs> you know, there's just a, everything is right there. And then you've got constant conversations with social media, the never-ending dinging that's going on in your pocket. So many distractions that Often, if we aren't intentional to slow down and sacrifice some of those things, are we listening at all? I know often I'm not. And I think what that leads to is we do the same thing for a long time. That thing could be hurting us. It might not be what we should be doing or would be most, let's put that in a different way. I don't like that word. Would be the most beneficial for us to be doing. But because we're so busy, because we don't slow down, uh, we don't hear. And I think, there it is. Did you hear that? Somebody either is saying amen to me virtually. I'd like to believe that's the case. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I'll find out later. Um, my point is that 
We live in a culture with sneaky idolatry. Okay? There's just a lot of stuff. It's still going off. This is driving me nuts. We're going to throw this in the other room. I know what I'm saying is good, but for la- save it for later. No. Um, <laughs> t- tell it to my face. It'll mean a lot more. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sneaky idolatry. It just comes up on us without us realizing it. And if we don't have a way to identify it, it probably just stays there. And we can be doing really good things, eating really good food, having really good prayer time, even going out and doing things that could be seen by the masses. And God's talking about the scene in these last few texts as excellent things. What are they, the things God wants us to do? And have we taken any time to know what that is? I'm not just, and I think the role of fasting allows for an opportunity for us to identify these idols in our lives. Because we, we likely aren't facing, you know, I'm not saying we're not facing struggles. I've been through many seasons where I didn't know how I was going to pay the next electric bill. I've been through seasons where I didn't know how I was going to pay for my house. How I was going to keep my business doors open. I understand that life isn't always easy, but even in those seasons, I was able to walk and know that I wasn't going to go hungry. So there was an ability for me to just stay the course and do what I do even though it was not easy. And I would like to argue that it's possible, I'm not going to say it's absolute, but it's possible that if I'd stopped and if I had taken something, what was the definition I said? A temporary uh, renunciation of something good in order to intensify our need for something greater. If I had taken that time, would I have identified idols in my life sooner? It took me almost 10 years to realize that my business was an idol in my life. 10 years of just walking through the paces. I was loving people. I was doing my darndest to honor God and and my finances and how I managed my business. I was singing worship songs on stage. Meanwhile, there was this idol hanging out in my life that I didn't even know about. Until one day, I was quiet in the back of my business and God spoke to me and I was so broken to know that I had put this before him for so long. Let me share another blessing out of that, though. I wasn't heavy. That was the lightest moment in my life to date. I was broken. I was crying. I was praying and worshiping God and thanking God for his grace and mercy and giving him my business. But in doing that, I wasn't bogged down or burdened. I was relieved, maybe fully relieved for the first time in a very long time. And so as I was looking at this, I was thinking, well, I haven't 
done anything like this in a long time. Maybe there are other sneaky things that have taken poor priority in my life. It could be negative attitudes. A lot of times, you know, I, I think back, let's take another example of me. As long as we're throwing me on the fire, throw me all the way. I've probably told this story, but I left the church many years ago because I was frustrated with the hypocrisy of Christianity and the fact that we talked about love and grace and kindness and building each other up, but yet all I could see, all I could see was people smashing each other with uh, mental, emotional, and, and, you know, not physical, at least baseball bats, you know? It was like, how can I get a leg up and it's okay if I take this guy's kneecap while I'm at it in this weird proverbial stairway, spiritual stairway of our lives. I was like, that's not spiritual at all. Um, and so I left. I, I removed myself. And in the time, I felt super justified. I'm doing the right thing. I'm walking away from something awful. Uh, I am... I am I'm loving the Lord my God with all my heart and all my mind and all my soul. I'm just not going to be around these people. And God used people and time to convict that attitude as an idol. Somehow I had made my uh, self-righteous bitterness at other people a priority in my life. I wonder how that worked out. Thankfully for God, it worked out okay. Today, I get to share a testimony like that. But letting go, that wasn't heavy. It was light. Loving people wasn't heavy. It was light. No longer looking at people and being like, boy, they're brutal, was not a heavy thing. It was a light thing. Now I could just look and say, they are so amazing. They are a creation of God. They are capable of so much. Why? Because God is in them and in that lightness. I was able to serve them better. I've tangented pretty hard, and I've probably taken up way too much time. But I just want to, to say that this all comes back, as we're looking at this Matthew text, it all comes back to a condition of the heart. Our relationship with God. In men's prayer, um, when we were chatting about this text a little bit, uh, a, a text came up, Peter 3, and I think we were talking about the condition of the heart. Um, I, I don't have a slide for it, and I don't have a device anymore because I threw it in the back room, so I can't look it up at the moment. But as we are walking through this life, we want to have a heart condition that allows us to live out glorifying God in our actions, deeds, in our words, and and. and and it should be doing that lightly. And I think fasting is an opportunity that maybe God is calling you to. And I don't know what that's going to look like. That can look like a lot of things. But maybe he's calling you to give that a try to identify some idols in your life. Because I think that it's easy in our society to form those sneaky idols all right so that was the heavy stuff but my yoke is easy my burden is light i'm going to close with this i believe fasting can serve as an amazing tool 
in seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It also might help identify things, good things, gifts even, in our lives that we have fallen in love with over the giver. So let's pray together as we close um, out the message that God would be helping us identify these things in our lives, that we could walk lighter, and that we could be glorifying God in our words, actions, and deeds as we move forward today. Lord God, I, I just thank you. I thank you for all the people here. I thank you for the ways that you are moving in this group, this subset of the church, your church. God, I just pray that you would continue to move in big ways. And Lord, that that would come with an amazing lightness, that we would feel like we were soaring, that we were flying on wings like eagles, God. That as we serve, as we speak, as we give, and Lord, if you're calling us as we fast, that we would do it and it would illuminate our lives. And we would be able to get rid of things that maybe have been poking at us, maybe for a long time. God, I pray that you would be uh, uh, blessing us as we continue today to honor our mothers. Bless us as we learn and grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs>